everyone, and welcome back to Sports Bet's Trash Talk Podcast. I'm here with Homicide Williams and Mark Worthington. As usual, now we're jumping into round 16 NBL action. Everything's starting to tighten up at the top of the table. Not a huge amount going on at the bottom, but we're probably going to say that the bottom's only cans right now. I'm probably saying that there's a top seven which have a chance of making the finals. And before we get started in any basketball talk, Corey, you've jumped in here again with another beautiful jersey, a bit of a throwback Phoenix look. Give us the story behind that one. Look, every jersey I wear, there's a story behind it, okay? Check this out. There's a story behind everything you do, Corey. Well, fair enough. <laughs> Check this out. All right, first of all, shout out Basketball Jersey World. But more important, Devin Booker just signed an extension last year, hundred in the offseason, $158 million. Oh, he's going to sponsor our podcast. Could you oh, imagine damn. Oh, Could you we imagine only need that? like 40 bucks. <laughs> So check this out. The word is there was a rumor. I'm not. Sh- I don't know if it's true or not. But at the same time, he's gotten his high school sweetheart pregnant. He's gotten his current girlfriend pregnant, and he's gotten his side chick pregnant at the same time. Is that like known news, or is that what you? I saw it on. I saw it on social media, and I said, you know what. He's got about $2 million left. <laughs> that money just chopped into oh. like four. Win a Super Bowl, drive off in a Hyundai. <laughs> if anybody wants to mix that with the actual lyrics, feel you free. You know, so I'm just like, uh-oh, Sabrina's calling. Uh-oh. Yo, babe, I'm in the middle of the podcast, so I got to call you back. This is a first. All right, later. You, you yeah. know when the missus call, you gotta pick up, fam. You gotta, you gotta send her that. <laughs> you gotta pick it up. Oh okay, well, where were so, we? Oh, yeah, we, yeah, we, know, we what, back to what I'm saying is that money gets split up in four. Did you tell her that it's not a, a cupcake podcast? My bad. Hold on. <laughs> we gotta cut that bit out. So start again from where that five minute no, called. You gotta so, leave it. It's not a cupcake podcast. Oh, just gotta damn. leave it. But I'm just saying that, what are you thinking? If this is true, what are you thinking? You just signed a big deal. I, I can tell you what he's thinking. What What is he thinking? He ain't thinking with his head. Well, he's thinking he with, with the, the wrong, wrong head. head. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely thinking with the wrong head. Yeah. Because if, if anyhow that's true, you just put yourself in an extremely difficult space. And I think, to be honest with you, there need to be successful NBA stories as far as guys that played in the NBA and are, and are done, that could really mentor a lot of the youth because they've come into a whole lot of money. It's a whole nother level they're on. And they they, they maybe can't identify decision-making, correct, correct decision-making at that level because that makes no sense to me. Well, what about what Dwight Howard did? So Dwight Howard had, how many kids was it? it was Another like, one. Yeah, no, I heard, Sean about, Kemp. I heard it was about five kids, but... Now, had like about eight kids. Eighteen. Dwight Howard. I'm pretty sure Dwight Howard had five going into the league. But now, if you've you've watched the news, he started switching to, you know, multifaceted people. If you know what I mean. I mean, you know, but you know, to each their own. (laughs) Where they're like, I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole. To each their own. But if you just Google Dwight Howard, you'll be able to impregnate anybody. You know what I'm saying? Do whatever you want to do, but be responsible. That's just what my thing is. If a man want to have three kids, cool. Do what you want to do, but. To have three different ones? Just Hell whatever you do. no fury like a woman scorned. <laughs> they will make you pay. <laughs> and some. 
Welcome to the basketball podcast. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, <laughs> shout out basketball. Yeah, good boy, <laughs> we're jumping on from that, and I'm kind of just rattled thinking back to some some uh, moments of my own there. But anyway, Brisbane versus Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Australia now. Brisbane versus Sydney series and implications. Now, Brisbane and Sydney, two teams that are both fighting for the playoffs. Sydney in a much better position at the moment, but Brisbane are just creeping right in there. And not a lot of people talk about it, but Sydney could end up finishing fifth outside the playoffs and Brisbane jumping in there. They play Brisbane twice before the end of the season. How important are those games? Well, they play them twice this week. And so Sydney's at 14-9. Brisbane are at 12-11. and 11. Brisbane win both these games, and I think they're going to win the first game. Like, if you look at – they played last week. Sydney won by six points. And you look who didn't perform for Brisbane that week. Jason Kadee, Donut. Cam Glidden, eight points. Hodgie, four points, five rebounds in 18 minutes. He got, the, he got that nasty cut on his cheek. But – they only won by six points. And obviously, they're not playing. Sydney's not playing good basketball at the moment. No. I terrible. think we can all agree on that. They're playing terrible, Three shitty double basketball. Digit losses at home. They lost by 20. 20 to Perth. So I'm just saying, like, huge implications this weekend with that matchup. In particular, Adelaide there, 12 and 12. They shot themselves on the foot this weekend, this past week, Adelaide. Like, that needs to be said too. Like, it's like no one wants to make the playoffs at the moment. The only thing that looks like they <laughs> want to make the playoffs is Illawarra. Well, no one wants to be on top of the ladder either. Like, the last, like... the last uh, four rounds, Illawarra's had more wins than anyone else, you know. Melbourne United obviously stamped their dominance this past weekend with uh, two massive wins against Illawarra and Adelaide. But this, this matchup between Sydney and Brisbane, this is make or break for Brisbane, I believe. Make or break. Adelaide goes to Cairns this week. Well, I agree. I think and it's it's not that quite that dire for Sydney. It's still massive games, but for Brisbane, it's definitely make or break. Yeah. I think I think Brisbane get the first game. And then obviously Sydney are playing fucking horribly. Terrible. At, at home. Like so They're winning on the road. They took that took that W on the road, but shit. That's they took that science. W, but Brisbane played like shit. Yeah. So I think Sydney's in trouble because that's a team on paper that should finish first or second. They're not going to finish first or second. You know, however it got done, Perth flipped the switch. I don't believe from now to the end of the regular season, they're going back. They hit their dark patch already. They've learned from it. Players have stepped up, which need who needed to step up, i.e. Clint Steindl, Wagstaff came in, been playing basketball pretty well. So those are the guys that needed Cotton's pointing at you in the game. Cotton's pointing at me. That was cool. You know that was awesome. That was for me. I don't. I'm not saying. Tell you what else was before we jump on anything else. No, hold up, hold up. Can we clip that statement? Because you said on Twitter, and wow, there's a testy pop. You said on Twitter that part of your job is to get the best out of people right after Cotton yeah. showed you up. No, 100%. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Uh, but you, just feel, said, you just said no, that wasn't you. I'm not saying not because it was me in the clip. Oh, I'm okay, saying okay, okay. that was one of the best moments where a play of that magnitude in this league shows emotion like that. No, it was cool. It shows no emotion. No, we see nothing out of Outside of, you know, the game. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? He doesn't. This is a guy who's a stud who doesn't talk trash. You know what I mean? We need to see some of that. And it's, it was cool to see it. It don't. I don't take anything personal by it. I think. If, I think if anyone saw the video, how much you actually enjoyed. It. Oh yeah, like, like, this is what like I'm the, talking about. That video was priceless, and I'm pretty sure our man Ollie will clip this up and put it on <laughs> on social media, talking about this moment. But there's a there's a camera angle where it's from the baseline, and you see him turning and talking and pointing straight to Corey. And our man's reaction is fucking priceless. Oh, like yeah, this I is what it. makes him so fucking good. Like there is a like hey, love him, love him or hate hey, him. Where are hands above the table. Hands love above, him hands or hands above the table. <laughs> hands above the table. There love we go. him or hate right him. <laughs> man, he gets reaction from everyone. And that's the best thing about what he does in our country for our game. No, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. He also keeps pontoon in business. Oh my great. goodness. Shout out to Pontoon. <laughs> Listen, Australia Day weekend. Look, I don't, um, I don't go out a lot, like clubs. I like events. You know what I mean? That's what I like. I like big, nice events. There is a group called Together Events. When they throw a party, you go. Together Events have never let me down yet. They've let me down because I've never heard of them <laughs> and they've never invited me to shit. Well, Trust I, me. I hate, with to say, me. I hate to say it, Werther, but that kit you're wearing right now, you are getting knocked back at the door. <laughs> Yo, listen, we got to discuss what is going on with your beard and your face. Where is it? I cannot Number wait one. to the Cairns game this weekend. Oh, my goodness. It may have grown back by then. Dude, shout out to Pontoon. We turned up. It was a blast. You know, my best friend is here from New York, so we had to, you know, do it up, and we did it really big. Shout out to Pontoon, and shout out to Together Events. Shout out to Gillette. For shout out Yo, to Gillette. All right. Talk to me, bro. What's going so, on with your face? So last week, I uh, got to stay back in Cairns for a week. Um, my beard was getting nice. I was about and to say you left that thick. beard there. It was really thick and luscious. <laughs> and you know when you get the uh, the like the clip on to to get a certain length in your beard. Oh. So when you shave, oh, yeah, you yeah, messed yeah. it up. So I put the clip on, right? And I've gone. People that shave their beard, they'll understand this. I've gone from the bottom to go up, and the clip has come off as I'm going. Onto up and gets stuck, and the rest just goes. Oh, and so oh, now there is a fucking hole in the side of my oh, fucking head, oh. where I'm like, like you could have heard me from Melbourne, from Clifton fucking <laughs> Beach, where I'm like, fuck, <laughs> you know, like, and it's it's you can't you can't like I'm even like trying to bunch my hair together <laughs> to see if I to see if I can like patch it up, and it is. Irreparable at that stage. Oh, hey, there's nothing so, worse. So I have to clean shave oh. for the first time in over years. Oh man, there is nothing worse. I've gone from a 35 year old man to a 16 year old schoolgirl <laughs> in no time, and it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, man. Yeah. There's nothing worse than a bad haircut. I remember when I was in the states. So I roomed with these two football guys, and I went to their barber. And he was like, so he was like one of those traditional, like, you know, those like the, like the lineups and stuff like that. A lot of black guys get the lineups yeah. with the hair up there. Yeah. So he cut my shit like that. Oh. And oh my God, I was copping it for the whole way. I had like the full straight line. <laughs> Even the beard, the beard was lined up like a chin strap, like low thing. Everyone was like, yeah, what the fuck? But yeah, oh God, there is no worse feeling. But anyway, yeah. there are, there are. Better feelings than that, and that's when the X Factors show up for your NBL team. And there are teams, Melbourne, Sydney, Perth, Brisbane, Adelaide. We don't really need to talk about New Zealand 
and Illawarra, or New Zealand and Cairns. No, we don't. Because I'm probably taking them out of the running. But Melbourne, Sydney, Perth, Brisbane and Adelaide all need X-Factors to step up if they're going to win the championship. Because right now, these teams play each other four or five times during the year. And including finals, you might go a five-game series. You need X-Factors X, X to stand up. You look at Majuk Deng for Adelaide last year. Guys like that, who are they going to be for those teams? We'll start with Melbourne. For me, the biggest X-Factor, and he showed up the last two games, DJ Kennedy. All season, in my opinion, he hasn't lived up to the bill. He might have had... In my opinion, maybe two good games. Well, the hard thing is because the bill's fucking huge. The he bill is, is huge. That man is getting paid. 100%. But, you know, you got to show up. And for me, the first game he showed up that I respected was Sydney Kings versus... Uh, when he played against Sydney Kings the first time in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. He had a big game. I think he had about 24. Mm-hmm. And he's had on his bad birthday. games. On his birthday. <laughs> I remember had, that. He's had subpar bad games... Up until that point, and it was like, he needs to show today versus the Kings, and he did that. Then, you know, he might have played one or two more okay games, but nothing spectacular up until the last two games. Illawarra, he showed up. They put him back in the lineup, and he, he went to work. And this last game versus Demetrius Conga on the road versus Adelaide, 16 points, nine rebounds, six assists, three steals, one block. Big game. Down the stretch is where you need to find your form best, taking taking your team into finals, and they're looking to repeat. So he has to step up. If he can play consistent like that, he gives his team and himself the best chance to go back to back. And it takes a bit of the heat off Casper Way. Look at Casper has been absolutely carrying this team, and they they're, they're double digit winners in almost every game when other guys show up. I think you're going to like this one, Felix. But my ex factor like that you say were that is Venky Joyce. <laughs> hey! Thank you. Finally, someone has jumped on the Joyce bandwagon. He, I just saw a little bit. Venky, Venky, yeah. Venky Joyce can hoop, and I think he's only going to play maybe 15 minutes a game. But yeah. I think we found that Melbourne's Achilles heel will be when David Barlow isn't on the floor. Yeah, They didn't really have someone. like I agree with DJ Kendi needs to step up, but they're so... They've got a luxury that they're loaded in those positions of himself, McCarron, Goulding. You can afford for one of those guys not to show up. You can't afford not to have a backup four come finals. And Dan Trist wasn't getting it done. I did not trist the process at all. And that was a horrible, <laughs> horrible nickname for him. Who called it that, first the of process. all? I just thought you just made that up. No, no. His nickname is The Process. Who said that? I don't Who know. Who gave him that? Someone, a bad friend. A bad friend gave him that. <laughs> so, Venky Joyce for me is the X factor for Melbourne because I believe he can play some meaningful minutes come finals time once he's come into this group a little bit more because that guy can flat out hoop. He's not a shooter. We'll, we'll put it that way. He's not a shooter, but that guy can flat out hoop. Sydney replaced Dengakuth with Ray Turner, a Seabull player. Brisbane brought in, no, Adelaide brought in Sean Bruce. Melbourne have brought in a guy that had six offers from NBL teams in the preseason. Like, this dude is a solid NBL player. A borderline, on, on some of these teams, borderline starter. So this guy can absolutely hurt. So massive get for Melbourne. Moving on to Sydney. Oh, you agree with Venky Joyce? Was that going to be your X Factor? Oh, no, my X Factor. I was actually going to jump with the DJ Kennedy stuff. I was just anyone to help out Casper Ware. Because right now in the fourth quarter, it's pretty much you double Casper Ware, Melbourne, to a different team. Yep. But if you get DJ Kennedy running in transition, guys start getting open shots. Goulding got four open shots because DJ Kennedy ran his ass in transition. Bang, he's going to hit him. 
It's going to hit him That's eventually. Look, the guy the guy steps up when the crowd's against him. He quietened that Adelaide crowd pretty damn quick. Moving on to Sydney. My X factor is Andrew Bogut willingness to score. Mm-hmm. I think he's been a willing passer for majority of this season, a willing team guy. If he decides to flick the switch and say, you know what, I'm going to be a little bit more selfish and I'm going to look to score down in the post more, I think that's the difference between Sydney winning it and not winning it this year. I think the Sydney Kings, I think Andrew Gaze needs to kill that offense, give Jerome Randall the ball, and let them rock. Put big fella on the block. Let them rock. All his baskets are hard. There's nothing really in transition for he leads from the front. They've turned a superhuman into a human. Can we all agree, whenever Jerome Randall's leading from the front, any team he's been on has been better? No, I agree. I think that Jerome Randall needs to have the ball in his hands more. And I, we talk about Andrew Bogut needing to score, definitely. But I love that in the preseason. Both in those positions. It was almost like in the preseason, that, that just the one-two. We haven't seen as much of that. Just the handoff action, Randall and Bogut just going to work. Whenever like, we the, saw that, right? Yeah, it was fantastic. Alley-oop, Bogut banging it. Like, Jerome Randall is a legitimate threat. He's a gun. They turned a superhuman into a human. That's crazy to me. It's wild. And we'll jump on a Perth. I'll start this one off. Mitch Norton's injury. We never want to mm. see injuries. Mm. But having Bryce Cotton back at the point helps that team. The more the ball is in Bryce Cotton's hands, the better this team is. Thoughts, queries, and opinions, please, boys. I think the ball is always in his hands, but it's good with him at the point. He can pick things apart better, easier. He's, he's, he seems to play his best when he's able to just sort of stand there and assess the floor. Definitely. That sort of stuff. He, Definitely. Does, he doesn't like it when the ball's not in his hands and he's sort of standing off to the side. He has to fight to get open. He's not the strongest guy. Wasted energy fighting to get Wasted open. Energy. Give him the ball in the backcourt. Let him come down, assess it, work it out. And I think that when they double him, when they deny him, other players must step up. I've been saying it all year. When you get a Clint Steindl looking like the Townsville Clint Steindl, that's a complete game changer. Just one player consistently hit from the perimeter. I understand that they only wanted two imports. I get that. My question always was, who's going to step up consistently for them? Because they didn't have anybody to do that, one or two people, they're going to lose. But if you have Clint Steindl playing like that, that gives them a legitimate chance to win a championship. I'm not saying they're going to win, but it gives them a legitimate chance, and they don't have to get a third import. That was just my thing. Well, I think Clint Steindl is the obvious choice for X Factor, but I'll go a little left of center. They're going to get an injury exemption, and they're going to bring in an import. I saw that from you on Twitter. That was very, very interesting. That guy, whoever it is, is going to have to be the <laughs> For a bit the of backstory here, were though noticed on Instagram. So sometimes I got, in I basketball. Got, yeah, got, yeah, you I tell the story sent, here, were though. I got sent uh, a photo from an agency saying that the NBL was looking for a player in the one or two spot for X amount of money. We need your clips ASAP, basically. Now, part of me thinks it's bullshit, but part of me is like, maybe Perth do get this exemption. And if they do, whoever that person is, is going to be an X factor because we can only, we can say 
that there's been two consistent players on the Perth Wildcats this year. Nick Cotton Kay. and Nick Kay. Right. If they can bring in someone who can alleviate that pressure slightly, and it only has to be slightly, they'll be a better group. Obviously, they've got that core foundation, Wildcat basketball, all that shit that they talk. <laughs> right? Right. Right. Like but, if they, but if they bring in an, a guy that's just a motherfucker, like I look back to the Cairns year when we made the playoffs run, we brought in Tony Mitchell. Now, that motherfucker was crazy as fuck, <laughs> but he could <laughs> he could hoop, you right. know? Right. He was athletic. He was different. He was, he was fucking out there. Right. But imagine if the Wildcats brought in someone who's just a little bit different, a little bit crazy, someone that the fans rally behind. Be like, that that guy's fucking different. That makes that whole that the team, team different. different. Yeah. Right. So hey, look, at the end of the day, if they bring in a third import, I'm still right. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it because the the uh, the biggest out for Corey here is if they bring in a third import, it doesn't matter. I what, told you because you needed a third import. Then if they win, it's great. You won, you needed it. If they lose, it's like you got it too late. <laughs> You can't lose. Uh, can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> Please pull the pin. Perth. Moving on to Brisbane and Adelaide. We'll jump through these ones quickly. Brisbane, just give me a, one sentence on each what's they need, what they need to improve. I like the Brisbane team. I don't think they need to improve anything. It's really just who's, anyway. what I Brisbane really like, team shows up. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's Kadee. He's the one guy that can go for 30 points. No one else in that team has that, that hot streak. Him. He's capable of doing it, but he's he's been playing well majority of the season. I think Kadee, who had a slow start to the season, if he can, yeah, in terms if, of stepping up, he can step up. He's the X factor for Brisbane for me. Adelaide, don't even get me started with Adelaide. Go first. <laughs> I think Congo. I was like, go first, and then I yeah, went yeah. Yeah. I couldn't <laughs> hold it no more. Listen, Demetrius Congo got to show up, man. He's playing like he's just complacent. Complaint. Complacency just just came. He had one good week and he thought that was... You know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, you know, I did my thing last year. I'm here. People's just going to bow down. The, you did so good last year. There's more pressure on you this year coming back. You haven't lived up to it. And he needs to step his game up. He really does. And he hasn't. It's like he's got the sophomore blues. Yeah. Like when you have that great uh, freshman season in college and then they suck in the sophomore year. Yeah, yeah. That's sort of what Demetrius Conger's going through. I think it's Anthony Drummick personally. Another guy that is a streaky scorer. We saw him knock down shots in Brisbane. He's the one guy, and he's got a bit of shit about him. Yeah. I, I guess that's why I like Drimmick. He's got a bit like of shit. Too. He's got a bit of shit about him. You always talk about Adelaide, the king of fuckeries. Absolute like, king of fuckeries. Yeah. yeah last, last weekend's game. Holy shit. That just sums it up. The DPs are fucking taking on that one as well. How was that? <laughs> Kelvin Cambridge coming into the game late. Oh, like, yeah, I was I was watching in disbelief. Like, <laughs> is this this young fella? Like, I I get it. There's a yeah. Well, I know There's you get time. it. I've seen you play. I know you get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I played, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't have to be that guy. Like, he, he was trying. Like, I Joey, the Joey was encouraging him. Yeah. If you listen to the end of the game, like. Go push him, you know. Yeah. After Mola pushed him away, so I get it. But yeah, I res I respect the intent. 
but I think it just went overboard. That's right. I agree. And it's always hard in a blowout game. Look, if the if the game's sort of close, well, one, he's probably not in the game, but two, it, it makes it seem a little bit more appropriate. But Why did DJ not shake his hand at the end when he went to shake hands? Well, we'll never know. And each, each side's going to tell their own side of the story, but you know. We can know. only speculate, and that's the best part about our job. All I know, we can speculate. We're, can we're speculate. never, no we're doubt. never on the inside circle. And as all three of us know, when you're in the inner circle, there's always more to the story. Right. That well, that doesn't come oh, 100%. out. That doesn't come out. And our job is what we do as commentators, as experts, as all that right. sort of shit. Is we speculate. Are we right? right? No. Are we going to keep people happy? No. no. We're going to be fucking wrong. I don't fucking care. We get paid to give an opinion. We give it. If you don't like it, fuck, fuck off. Don't fucking follow us on, right. on social media. Still, even, even, if, even if you don't agree with me, still follow me on social media. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, I mean, that's the beauty of what we do. Right. We give opinions. And whether you like us or not, we're very similar. There's not a lot of gray area with what we say. <laughs> right. You either love us or you hate us. That's cool. And I don't give a fuck if you hate me because you know what? You love basketball, and we all love basketball. That's all. But one thing I'm saying is, as a private school student from South Melbourne, the mean streets of South Melbourne, if DJ Kennedy from the rough streets of Pittsburgh, and we've heard some of his backstory, doesn't want to shake my hand, I'm probably saying, thank you, DJ, and walking on. I think it was just the that's fact a, that's that... That's a tough ass motherfucker. I know, I know exactly what, what basically happened. It's like you see, from, from DJ's side, it's like you see a little young kid coming in, playing extra, the game is over, you just need to chill the fuck out. Let the clock wind down, that's it. But on on the young fella's side, BJ's like, listen, if we played with this type of intensity, the score wouldn't look the way it did. Maybe There's a point lost, there. Yeah. But come in like this, play hard. Yeah. Don't give him nothing. You just laying down. And he's not getting a lot of minutes at all. So he's going to come in and try to make a big impact in any way he feels he can. And that's the route that he took. So DJ, he went and shook hands. DJ said something to him, probably like, man, if you don't get your little punk ass out of here. <laughs> B. John was like, what? Fuck out of here and pushed him. So yeah. that's when it all happened. No, I'm good with it. Like, I know, I'm, okay. I'm okay with it too. But Adelaide, Adelaide seemed to get into more confrontations in lines at the end of the game than any other team. Oh, they, they lead that stat. Oh, man. And then Joey Wright came out of the media that time and said that he's, oh, he's Casper Ware. Messing around too much during the game, talking and stuff like that. I was like, oh, God, kettle black. <laughs> Were they? We're going to jump in with you first. Now, we're just going to pick a team and jump on what they... We've spoken about X Factors, but we'll dive a little deeper into what they need to do, not only just to make the finals, but to win a championship. So, were they? Yeah. Fire away. Well, we talk about X Factors make a difference in games. Coaching changes have to happen in finals, right? You can't roll with what you've been doing all season. Obviously, we've seen that the the league's gone up and down this year. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Sydney for example. If the coaching changes that I think should happen on the offensive end, it's pretty simple. We've already talked about the ball being in Jerome Randall's hands. If the ball's gonna be in Jerome Randall's hands, move the ball first, get it going side to side, make the defense move so they're out of position before getting into Randall's hands and an on ball with Bogut. The second thing is. We've talked about it, well, I talked about it, is you've got to put Bogut in the low post. Get him out of the high post. This is not the NBA. He was a great high post player because of his passing ability. The, the floor has shrunk in the NBL because defense just sit in there and clog it up, right? Put him on the low block. Here's the best post player going over his right shoulder with a left-hand hook in the league. 
There is no better player in the league. Definitely. And if you're going to double him, then he's going to find his shooters. On the defensive end, play some zone. Like, you've got Bogut sitting there at the rim protecting it. Play some zone. Junk it up a little bit. Let's say we're not going to rely on one-on-one defense because Lish plays defense. He's a really good defender. Newly, uh, when he's got his head switched on, plays really good defense. Jerome, when there's, you, you get the point here, there's a lot of wins when they're when they're willing to, and obviously David Ware can't play defense. We know that for a fact. So Bogut is relied to do a lot at the rim. So play more zone. Just say this is what we're going to roll with. Everyone knows a stone uh, a zone makes offense stagnant at times, and you've got the best rim protector there to help you at all times. Play more zone. It makes sense. You got, you got, you got Perth. Yeah. You got Perth. I got Perth, which is easy. I mean, defensively, you don't have to worry about them. They're going to bring that energy. Anything defensively, we know the Wildcats are going to bring, right? Offensively, it all comes down to what I've been saying all year. Other people have to step up and make shots, period. That's all it is. Because right now, you just cut Bryce Cotton off, cut that water off, limit him. You can beat this team. So other players literally, literally have to step up, be consistent, and hit shots, make plays. That's it. That's all they got to do. Yeah, well, it's pretty simple. I, I think Perth need to play more misdirection plays. Yeah, for for Bryce, you know, have it looking like it's going somewhere else. I think we see in the NBA now that there's so many misdirection plays to get the ball into the right person's hand at the right time with the defense caught off guard. Perth don't run any misdirection. No, it's really, really simple it's, stuff. So yeah. simple. It's brick and mortar. You know what it is. They need more misdirection for me. Well, I'll jump in on Melbourne. I'm pretty much on the same page as Corey here. You've got Casper Ware, which has pretty much been run. He's sort of been undercover running a Bryce Cotton-style regime for Melbourne, except the difference is he hasn't really dropped off all year that much at all. So they've continued to win games. But look, as soon as he hasn't dropped off because he wasn't here for the first six to seven weeks of the season. He was just hanging, he was, <laughs> he was just hanging out. Listen, it was literally champagne hangover, championship hangover. Yeah. He was just like, well, you know, need about a month. Because he knows exactly how the NBL it's, works. It's round seven. Yeah, it's time to show up. up. Yeah. Time to turn up. It's the fourth quarter. But as soon as DJ Kennedy gets involved, and it's not only just, uh, we're not talking about just DJ Kennedy coming out here, shooting and making shots. We're talking about DJ Kennedy being the guy from the YouTube highlights that we all saw preseason. That type of guy running transition, just pushing the ball that many times. There were three separate opportunities where he pushed the ball and he's that much of a threat in transition that just him pushing the ball makes you have to double the paint. All of a sudden, you get Chris Goulding wide open. It opens up Chris's game. DJ Kennedy is the key to this team winning a championship. As good as Casper Ware plays, five-game series, he's not going to be able to drop 35 points a game. Nope. And you know who's even just as important? Josh Boone. Oh, yeah. Josh Boone has woken up. The last four games, he's had double doubles. You know, um, we're going to see against the best center. Gonna, oh, I can't wait, wait for that. You matchup. just wait for. I got a nice video. <laughs> I got a nice video already cut and set. <laughs> I talked to a lot of players in this league. <laughs> you know, I was talking to Josh Boone the other day, and, um, you know, I posted something. And, you know, Josh Boone, you know, He'll bring it. He, he's brought it to me several times. Like, oh yeah, he protects oh, his reputation. One hundred percent. Yeah. So you know, he sent me that emoji like, "Best big in the league, huh?" I was like, "My man, everybody he's gone through, he's ran through him. 
We wanted to see two weeks ago what he was going to do. He, meaning Sean Long, what he was going to do against Nate Jawai. What happened? Went to work. That is a talented man. Who's left on the list to go through? Last time we seen Bogarty had 20 and 10. Bogart had 9 and 9. Okay? Who is left for him to go through? We saw what he did to DJ, DJ uh, down in Adelaide. Who's left who we need to go through? David Anderson. David Anderson is not a center. <laughs> who is left for that man to go through? Josh Boone. This weekend is huge because they play each other twice. I'm telling you right now. Josh Boone is one of the best defensive bigs in this league. That is the kryptonite to Andrew Bogut. Defense. Defense. <laughs> Josh Boone got his hands full like no other this weekend. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be some massive games this week. And it's probably the biggest... Well, every every, <laughs> every, round, every right? goddamn round we say it's the biggest round <laughs> because some fuckery happens in the previous round that turns it into that. But anyway, that's enough NBL talk. Let's jump on to some NBA. And the, of course, the biggest story... <sighs> Is Man. the Anthony Davis trade rumors. And they're not what even rumors anymore. You? What did I tell you? What did you tell me? You've told <laughs> me you've told you've told me so many things, many about of which Anthony I can't Davis. share on air. On about Anthony Davis. A couple of weeks back on the podcast, I said he will find a way to get to, to get to the Lakers. I said, that's all he's ever wanted is to get to the Lakers. He's gonna get to the Lakers. But, wait, 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 but that hasn't proved you right at all yet. All yeah, he said yeah. is, I want to trade. Yeah, He hasn't taken himself to the Lakers at all. He's going to the fucking <laughs> Lakers. No, I agree. I think he's going to the Lakers. I definitely think he's going to the Lakers because of, I've already voiced my opinions on how there's a conflict of interest with LeBron's Cl agent. Close LeBron Rich owning Jane, half Rich. Of 49% of clutch sport. Yeah. Rick, Rick James. You Rick, say? Rick, Rick James, bitch. <laughs> but they, they owns 49% of clutch sports and he's playing for the Lakers and they're representing Anthony Davis. So God damn it, he is ending up with the Lakers. And whether I agree with it or not. Yeah, what did the five fingers say to the face? <laughs> Slap. He's definitely going to the Lakers. Like how, about, how about the projected lineup? Like if, And it never works out the way that... No. But what? David Stern's no longer commissioner, yeah. so hopefully it does. Oh, it's but, happening. <laughs> but the projected lineup for the Lakers next year. Point guard, Kyrie Irving. Shooting guard, Clay Thompson. Brandon Ingram, LeBron James, AD. That's the projected lineup. With that salary cap, who, am I on the bench? Are we on the bench? What That's the why I said they'll have the shittiest bench of all time. Right. They'll have the <laughs> yeah, shittiest yeah, you might bench. might not have me on the podcast, but, but I'll be that, on the bench for the Lakers yeah. with that salary cap. But... That's like all the rumored links of where people are going. That's the rumored starting lineup for the Lakers next year. I hope it is. I sincerely hope it is. But would they have the money to like forget the bench, right? Because at that point, you'll do like what Miami did. You go get like the Ray Allens of the world, the one million dollar, the two million. You gotta get the vets, the vets, the vets on bet minimum, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Because you're really not gonna need that much scoring with that five. No. You're not going to need that much scoring from anybody else. So that could possibly work. Brandon Ingram is the ugliest motherfucker in the league, by the way. That oh, guy yeah. looks like he's high 24 fucking seven. He had slick back ponytail look in the game yesterday. Oh, like, yeah, shocking. It is fucking horrendous. He had 36 points the other day, and I still didn't want to watch. Really? Yeah. Mike Beasley is his teammate, so, you know, they're getting that good, good over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the guy that signed his contract, took a photo, and had lines of cocaine in the background. Ooh. 
Beasley. What? This was years back. Oh, he signed a, look that footage, fam. He he had a, he took a, a selfie of himself oh, in the bathroom man. after he signed a contract extension or or it signed on with a new club, and in the background, in the bathroom what? was lines of coke. So oh, were, there, were there other people in there? No, just by himself. Oh my goodness, Mike Beasley's a whole different beast. Whew. Like talk about the current Lakers team, yeah. like <laughs> like that roster, Lance. Beasley, like, oh man, that is. I would love to be a fly on the wall of that locker room. Hey, shout out to Baron Davis, who was on the shout players out only. To Baron Davis, he was on the players only yesterday. Yeah, I he, like the idea he, of that. That's, he, that's a cool initiative. He killed it. Started. He's always doing his thing. But anyway, that is all we got time for this week on Trash Talk. Make sure you tune into this weekend's games because they are set to be an absolute ripper and have massive, massive implications on the final series and who makes it and who doesn't. But anyway, thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Wow.